I don't know if you've heard this before, but every time that Jesus took a breath on the cross, it was extremely painful for him. What that means is that everything that he said was said through that excruciating pain. So whatever he said must have been extremely important to him. So in his final hours on the cross, what were those last words that he said to us? Hi, I'm Joseph Walter, and this is Loving Theology. So we've been in a series talking about Jesus's final hours and what he endured in those final hours. And in this series, I've tried to emphasize um, the emotional sorrow that he faced and, and the, the weight that he felt whenever he was betrayed and abandoned, and also the way that he loved through that. You see, I think that we often emphasize the physical suffering that Jesus endured. So I wanted to draw a different emphasis in this series. That being said though, it is important to remember that all of the weight that he was feeling emotionally from this, all of the sorrow that he was feeling, was in the context of incredible physical pain. So before we start in here, especially now that we're getting into the crucifixion, I want to take a minute to remember the physical pain that he endured. After he was arrested, he was brought to the high priest where he was blindfolded, he was spat on, he was mocked, and he was beaten. And then they delivered him over to the Roman governor Pilate. And Pilate um, didn't really want to crucify Jesus. The crowd was basically forcing him to. So in an attempt to satisfy the crowd, he had Jesus given another punishment, which was to be scourged. And what that meant is that he was beaten severely with a whip. But that whip wasn't just a whip. That whip had glass and metal and bone in it that would have dug into his flesh and torn off. And then Jesus was delivered to be crucified and the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and they put it on his head and then they would have pushed it down into his head. And they mocked him while they did it. Then he was made to carry his cross, but at this point he had been through so much that he was just too weak to be able to hold up the weight of the cross. He had lost too much blood. But once he did make it to the crucifixion site, only after all of this, after experiencing all of this, was he crucified. And that crucifixion was the most painful death allowed under Roman law. It was actually so painful that later they outlawed it. So in this series, we've emphasized the emotional suffering that he endured and the sorrow that he felt. But like I said, I don't want to forget that in that process, he was also enduring all of these things physically. And he was facing all of that pain. And yet we've seen that even through everything that he went through, he remained focused on loving and serving others. Even if it was the people who betrayed and abandoned him, like Peter and Judas, or if it was just the people that he met along the way, like Pilate, he was loving us. His heart was turned towards us, even in his darkest hours. What a picture of love for us. I can think of no more succinct example than this. You see, we have another series where we talk about what is love and the definition of love. And in that series, we saw that scripture teaches us that God himself is the definition of love. That God defines love for us. That whatever he does, that's love. That we don't get to decide with our feelings like, yes, that feels like love. And no, that doesn't feel loving. But God actually does it for us in everything that he does. He defines it for us. And I can think of no more succinct example, no more pointed example than what Jesus endured and the way that he carried himself on and leading up to the cross. I'll link that series below in case that's something that you want to explore just a little bit more. And I said this before, but literally every breath 
that Jesus took while he was crucified was excruciatingly painful. You see, in order to breathe while he was hanging there, he would have had to push up on his feet. But there wasn't like a little platform down there or something. It was just the nail. So he was pushing up on the nail that went through his feet in order to breathe. You see, this is why um, whenever it was time for um, Jesus and his, the, the people who were crucified around him to die, that the soldiers broke their legs because then they wouldn't be able to push up and breathe anymore. But you see, Jesus was so weak at this point because of everything that he had gone through because he, he wasn't just crucified. Remember, he was scourged, he was beaten. And because of that, he was so weak that he actually died before they did that, which is why they didn't have to break his legs. So what that means is that it was especially difficult for Jesus to take those breaths. And it was especially painful for him with how raw his back was and pushing up on that cross. So what that means is that every word that he said was costly to him, very costly, more costly than I think I could have ever endured. So whatever he said was extremely important to him. Let's take a look at just a few examples where he went through that pain to say something and what it teaches us about the way that he loves us. The first example I want to give is about the soldiers. See, as I recounted for you the, what the soldiers did to him, I hope that maybe you notice that they didn't have to do everything that they did, that they, they chose to make that crown of thorns. They chose to mock him and beat him. No one was forcing them. I mean, there were a few things, yes, that were ordered by Pilate, but a lot of it was just their own invention. They were basically enjoying abusing Jesus. And yet, in that process, one of the times that Jesus pushed up, filled up his lungs, to say something that was extremely important to him, what was so important to him was to express his forgiveness for what they'd done, and more than that, actually, to ask the Father to forgive them. In Luke 23, 34, it says that Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Remember that he endured incredible pain in saying those words, but it was important to him. And who did he endure that pain for? It wasn't for a loved one. It wasn't for someone who had been nice to him. It wasn't even just for someone randomly walking by. It was for the person who was enjoying abusing him. Who's ever heard of a love like this? Now, what Jesus went through there paints a picture for forgiveness that's far beyond my capacity to forgive. And I think it's far beyond all of our capacities to forgive in that context. And that's where I think that Jesus offers his own account, his own budget to help us forgive. We have another series on forgiveness where I talk about that and explain the process of forgiveness in the context of what Jesus has done for us. I'll link that below in case you wanna check that out or it might be helpful to you in this season. The next example I'd like to give of what Jesus said on the cross and, and what he breathed through the pain to say was to the criminal that was next to him. See, whenever Jesus was crucified, he was crucified next to two other criminals. One of them mocked him and, and said, hey, you know, if you're so holy, why don't you save yourself? Why don't you save all of us here? But the other one said, stop, you know, don't, we deserve to be here, but he doesn't. And then he, he proceeded to repent to Jesus for what he had done and he asked to be saved. And remember, Jesus is going through this incredible pain more than either of the others who've been crucified next to him because of what he went through ahead of his crucifixion. And I can just imagine him, like I said, struggling with every breath, feeling the pain. And yet, in the midst of all of that, 
he endured that pain to comfort that criminal, to comfort that man, and to tell him that he would be saved. It's recounted in Luke 23, 43, where he says, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. And I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful that Jesus extended that forgiveness to him. It's, it's a picture of the forgiveness that we all need. And maybe you feel a bit at odds with God, but you desire that sense of peace to, to hear Jesus say those words to you, that you're, to hear him comfort you, that you will be with him in paradise. And we have another post where we talk about peace with God and the, the fact that the good news is the fact that he gave us a free gift of being at peace with God. I'll link that below in case that's a post that you wanna check out. One of the last things that Jesus said, and, and honestly, this one gets me every time, was what he said to his mother, Mary, who was there at the cross. See, most scholars believe that Joseph, uh, Jesus' earthly father, had died um, sometime whenever he was younger. And as a result, because Joseph was the oldest son, the responsibility fell to him to take care of his mom. And he had done that for many years, but the problem was that now he was dying. He was leaving, at least. So who was going to take care of her? And he was worried about that. He was concerned for her. So that's whenever he, he looked at his mother, and he looked at his disciple John, who was also there. He took another one of those painful breaths, filled his lungs, despite the pain that it caused him, to say, Mom, behold your son. Then he looked at his disciple John and he said, behold your mother. And the Bible says uh, in John 19, 27, that from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. He knew that she was taken care of. And I just, whenever I think about the context of this, I can't help but be astonished because I, I don't feel like this was just some grand gesture that Jesus was making. He wasn't doing this to fulfill a prophecy or anything major it felt like but even in the midst of the overwhelming pain that he was in he wasn't thinking just about those prophecies and just about the moment there he was thinking about the needs that his mom would have over the coming years and who was going to take care of those needs i mean she had other sons it probably would have worked out even if jesus hadn't said anything but jesus wanted to know that she was taken care of i mean the way that he was concerned for her even with the pain that he was going through and the way that he endured that pain to express that concern for her and make sure that her needs were taken care of. And what's more is just the way that that isn't just a picture of how Jesus loved Mary, but it's a picture of how Jesus loves all of us. It reminds me of that verse that says, cast your anxieties, cast your cares on him, for he cares for you. He cares for our needs even the ones that seem small. I mean, like I said, in the context of the cross, in the context of what he was going through, Mary's needs seem kind of small. But that didn't matter. It doesn't matter to Jesus that our needs feel small to us. He still cares for them. He still wants to help assuage our concerns, to comfort us about them, and make sure that they're taken care of. Again, what a picture of love. Who has ever heard of a love like that. In everything that we've seen in this series, what I hope that you can see is the suffering that Jesus endured for all of us. See, we've, we've all felt physical pain, but we know that it does not compare 
to the pain that Jesus endured on the cross and leading up to it. But similarly, while we've all felt emotional sorrow, I don't think that it compares to the sorrow and the weight that Jesus felt with everything that led up to the cross and the way that he was betrayed and abandoned by the people that he loved, the people that he cared for. And because Jesus knew what he would face and knew what he was going to face, he was in agony whenever he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane because he knew all of the details of the excruciating pain and the incredible sorrow that he would face. In Luke 22, 44, it says this, that being in agony, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down to the ground. The word that stands out to me in this passage is that word agony. And it's, it's very rarely used. This is actually the only time in the New Testament that we see this word. And it's also very directly translated because it comes from the Greek root agonia, which is where we get our word for agony. See, agony is defined as extreme physical or mental suffering. It's also defined as the last stages of a difficult or painful death. And you see what this word brings together is exactly what we're trying to see in this series. That it wasn't simply that Jesus endured incredible physical suffering, but that he also endured incredible emotional, mental suffering as well. And that this happened in the last stages of not just a painful death, but one that was difficult. See, Jesus endured it all. And here's the thing that gets me, and here's what I hope that you've seen, is that in the throes of this death, in the throes of this emotional sorrow and feeling the weight of it, in feeling this excruciating pain, in this literal agony that Jesus was overwhelmed with in this process, he loved us. And he, he didn't just love us and his heart feel love towards us, but he went through the pain to express that love to us in his actions. It's almost like over and over again throughout this process, while he's feeling the weight of the suffering that you can see him pull himself together through everything that he's experiencing, probably through the screaming and the pain. Stand up under the weight of all of that suffering and for what? just to reach out a hand to care for us because he loves us. That is love. I've never heard of love like that. And that is who our God is. That is how he loves us. That is how he loves you. Now, next time what I'd like to do is take a step back from this series and just have a discussion and talk about it. Talk about everything that we've seen and, and how it should affect us, how it should change us, how it should teach us about the way that God feels for us and his heart for us and change the way that we relate to him. And also how it should change the way that we think about what it means to love one another. Monica and I will do that. And we'll just have an informal discussion where we, where we turn to make this practical and meaningful to us. And I hope that you'll join us for that. Be sure to subscribe and hit the bell because you don't want to miss it. And also I'll put a link for this series below in case you're watching this later and you want to watch the whole thing. But either way, I appreciate you spending time with us and I hope that, I hope that this has been meaningful for you.